Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Today on the show, I welcome my friend, Sarah Jane Sandy. Sarah Jane is a master nutrition therapist and an expert in women's hormones. What that means is she primarily helps women who are trying to conceive. This conversation is packed with crucial information. If you are someone who's looking to balance your hormones or you are looking to conceive in the near future, this conversation is not had very often in the way that we got to have it. We are talking about what are some of the most common reasons for infertility? How in the heck do we balance hormones so that we can conceive? How do we know if we're ovulating? What labs should we be running both for women and for men preconception when you're trying to conceive and even when you become pregnant? There is so much in this episode and honestly, this is an episode I wish I had heard 10 years ago. So just feel so lucky and blessed if you have not had kiddos yet, this is an episode for you. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Sarah Jane. I'm so excited to chat fertility with you today. Yes. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here. So can you briefly introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Yep, absolutely. I'm Sarah Jane Sandy, and I'm a functional nutritionist. Also, I would say a fertility women's health expert. I work in the women's health field. I do one-on-one nutrition consults with women sort of in all stages of life from trying to get your hormones in check when you first start menstruating all the Mm. way to going through menopause with mostly a big emphasis on the realm of getting pregnant. So I work with a Ah. lot of women and couples who are either getting ready to try to Mm. start to get pregnant or who are struggling to get pregnant for whatever reason. Absolutely. And then I work with a lot of women during the pregnancy realm and post-birth and postpartum and learning how to feed babies and taking care of children. So functional nutrition in all of those regards. All of those phases. So many fun phases. Well, since we're going to focus mainly on fertility today, when it comes to trying to conceive, unfortunately, it feels like that has become harder and harder, right? For a variety of reasons. So what are some of the most common reasons that you see in your practice for infertility? Well, hormone imbalance, first and foremost. Women's hormones today in our modern world, unfortunately, are kind of a mess. This is a result of many things. I'll I'll kind of list what I think are the top reasons for hormonal Mm -hmm. imbalance. Years and years of hormonal birth control which many women, as soon as they start menstruating and maybe they're having painful periods as a teenager or maybe they're sexually active, their skin is breaking out as a Mm -hmm. teenager. There's lots of reasons, but young women get put on hormonal birth control. And 
essentially what that does is it puts our own natural hormone production to sleep mm. and gives us external synthetic false hormones, which really kind of do a number on our own internal healthy hormone production. So then fast forward until a woman is however old, there's lots right. of ranges of how old women are trying to get pregnant these days and they're ready to have a baby. So they think, okay, I'll just get off my birth control and here we go. And unfortunately that's usually when the issues arise, when they realize like mm. either I'm not menstruating anymore. I've got really long cycles, really short cycles. I'm not ovulating. I have super painful cycles. I have polycystic ovaries. I've got endometriosis. Mm. I have fibroids. You name it. These are all just a different manifestation of imbalanced hormones. Mm -hmm. So I feel like first and foremost, that another big reason our hormones are a mess is the chemical toxicity world yeah. that we live in. We are like, crazy exposed to chemicals, many of which are estrogen based, mm -hmm. which drive estrogen levels up right. and drive progesterone levels down. In order to conceive, you need good, healthy, in balance, in ratio estrogen and progesterone. So our environment is a huge factor in that. Mm -hmm. And then I would say the third biggest is stress. Like we live in a world where everyone is running a million miles a minute with a ton on their plate, doing the career, doing the social life, doing the family, doing the exercise, trying to eat well, sleep, but like perfectionism to the max. And when our bodies are in that sort of state of stress and that like mm. chronic sympathetic nervous system overdrive, it plummets progesterone and progesterone okay. levels are the essential pregnancy hormone, progestation, like progesterone, without enough progesterone, it's nearly impossible to sustain a healthy pregnancy. And I test women's, I do a lot of hormone testing in my practice with women. Mm -hmm. And I see eight out of 10 women have low progesterone levels. And that could be a factor of the clientele that's coming to me is struggling sure. to get pregnant, right? Yeah. But it's one of those factors that I literally see over and over and over again. And to make progesterone, we need to feel safe. Like our body needs to feel yes. like it's okay to ovulate. And right. we don't make progesterone unless we actually ovulate. And to ovulate, the body needs to know that this is a good time to make a baby. Everything in my environment and in my body is conducive and safe to do this. So yeah, those are kind of all the big reasons I think yes. for this fertility, lots of fertility issues in our current day. For sure. Which is so interesting because I think if you were to like listen to mainstream media or like hear, I don't know, like the myths of like, why can't you get pregnant? It's literally not a single one of those things. Totally. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like this organ's not working correctly. It's not these like holistic things that are actually like really reversible and yeah. they're able to be fixed with lifestyle measures, which is really a, an encouraging thing, like that it's not as complicated as we make it. So hormones, I love that you just from the gate are talking hormones because they're so important for people trying to get pregnant. So when we think about these estrogen imbalances, lack of progesterone, lack of ovulating, all of these things, when you're talking to someone about 
balancing their hormones, what are some of the main things that we can do to actually balance our hormones? Yep. So I would say first and foremost, food diet Mm. is like foundational. Yeah. Eat a real food, one ingredient type foods, Mm -hmm. fruit, vegetables, nuts, seeds, meat, eggs, fish, fats, oils, beans, legumes, lentils, Mm -hmm. like real one ingredient foods. That's the foundation. Like get your food right is first and foremost, because Mm -hmm. honestly, I say this to my one-on-one clients all the time. It's like, until the foundation is solid, nothing can really be improved or changed or fixed. So it's like when we build a house, we have to have a strong foundation. And in my opinion, our food is that foundation. It's literally like, that's how we make hormones is from the fats that we eat in our body, our body uses to produce the very raw materials of our hormones. Mm. So getting our food right. Second is getting our lifestyle right, which is all encompassing to sleep, like optimizing and prioritizing sleep. We are like a chronically underslept (laughs) people. Like everyone's like, sleep when you die. And it's sort of like, actually, like so many people are just running on fumes and running on fumes. draining their adrenal glands left right. and right. Yeah. And particularly for fertility, that's again, that whole like feeling of safety. Oh yeah. The body doesn't feel safe when it feels like it's in this chronic state of stress, mm. which lack of sleep plays a big role in. Yeah. And then I always say to women, you can't say reduce stress everyone's got a lot on their plate. So I always like to talk about it more like incorporate measures that help you offset or better manage your stress. Yeah, for sure. So that means, okay, if you have a high stress job or you have a stressful relationship with your partner or your Mm. parents or your siblings or whatever your like kind of financial stress, like whatever your major sources of stress are, It's figuring out one, like, how can I work and manage this stress so that it's not creating this like constant negative impact? And two, what are the things that I can add into my life to offset? Like, where can I find joy and pleasure and mindfulness? Because in my Mm -hmm. opinion, the more joy, pleasure, sort of like getting lost in the moment activities that we can do, that's the best stress management, Mm, you know, because that's what turns off that sympathetic overdrive. So getting our food right, getting our lifestyle right, and then knowing what's going on. I'm a Mm. big advocate for testing hormones, just getting some real data to work with. Yeah, for sure. So that we're not just like putting a blindfold on and sort of like playing darts and hoping something sticks. It's like, let's get some real tangible data and information, and then we can work with that and do super strategic interventions Mm. to, to start to change things around. No, I love that so much because instead of just assuming I'm low in progesterone, let's do a Dutch panel. Let's do a Dutch test. Let's figure it out. Let's, you know, it, it's dangerous. I think it's dangerous not knowing what's going on in your body. It's also dangerous playing the guessing game, right? Like I'm just going to get on iron supplements or I'm just going to take this progesterone or whatever. Yep. I personally function with a high level of information. My friend Carly Bronner says that, and I totally agree. And I think it's really empowering knowing what's going on in your body. So yeah. whether that's a thyroid panel, it's a Dutch 
panel, yeah. like whatever you need to do. I just did a GI map. It changed my life. So like whatever yes. information you feel like you need to get, especially when we're in this fertility space, because these things are costly for sure. Mm -hmm. And if that's not an option, there obviously are other ways to go about it without doing it. But if you can go for it, because guess what's a lot more expensive is IVF. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like totally. we're looking at a $40,000 procedure versus doing some of these things that we're going to talk about today to really get your body in check and healthy and ready and safe to be able to conceive. So yeah, yeah. it feels expensive, totally but agree. in perspective, it's not. So progesterone absolutely impacts ovulation and ovulation impacts progesterone. So when you're looking at a woman's cycle, like mm -hmm. what are you hoping to see? Mm -hmm. And also, since ovulation is clearly so important to having a baby, what do you look at with ovulation? How does someone know they're not ovulating? And what do we do about fixing our cycles? Yeah, totally. Great questions. Okay, so <laughs> a healthy, sort of normal cycle that we would like to see that we would look at, or I would look at and be like, yes, this looks like conducive to conceiving easily and sustaining a healthy pregnancy is right. essentially estrogen is the dominant hormone in the first half of our cycle. That's the follicular phase. Estrogen right. comes on the scene, tells our ovaries to start maturing all the little follicles in there so that one follicle that is the most mature mid cycle is the one that is hopefully you know, release from the ovary, mm. also known as ovulation. And estrogen also tells our uterine lining to start building and growing and thickening. Mm. So then mid cycle, so with an increase of estrogen, so estrogen is rising, 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 rising. Around mid cycle, estrogen levels reach a point that trigger the brain that says, okay, there's enough maturation that's happened with those eggs. There's one mature follicle. And so there's a hormone called LH, luteinizing hormone that's released. This tells the ovaries, okay, release that mature follicle. Mm. That egg is now released. The empty egg sac, it's called the corpus luteum. That actually becomes a, its own like hormone producing organ. So that starts to produce and make progesterone. So that's- wow. You can confirm that ovulation happened by testing progesterone levels about six to seven days after you suspect or have a confirmed LH surge. Like if you're using the, the mm. P-sticks for testing for LH, when you test progesterone levels six, seven days later, you should see an elevated progesterone. If you don't, you mm. can pretty much presume that you didn't ovulate, even if you had an LH surge, which is really confusing for women because they're like, yeah. a lot of women are using ovulation predictor kits and they're peeing on the sticks and they get the mm -hmm. LH surge, but they never then test their progesterone levels a week later to confirm that actually the egg was released because that totally happens. So regardless, so we want to see a, a good LH surge that tells the ovaries, okay, boom, release that mature follicle. And then here comes progesterone now onto the scene. Progesterone is the dominant hormone in the second half of our cycle. Right. And this basically nurtures if there is fertilization, if that egg is fertilized by sperm, then progesterone levels nourish and keep that little bundle of cells viable and mm -hmm. also tells the, the uterine lining to continue to thicken and, and stay thickened 
do yeah. not shed mm-hmm. so that there's time for that little bundle of cells to go and implant successfully in our uterine lining. And then progesterone levels, if we can see progesterone levels should stay high all the way through pregnancy. So when, if we don't conceive or there isn't fertilization, then estrogen and progesterone levels drop. And that's the signaling for the uterine lining to say, okay, there wasn't a fertilized egg, nothing implanted in the uterine lining, shed our uterine lining, also known as menstruation. And then the whole cycle starts over again. So when you were asking about ovulation, so to test, there's a, like I said, there's a couple ways to test if you're ovulating and then confirm if you're ovulating. So I really do like the LH pee sticks. There's the really simple, basic ones that are just like a control line and you just pee on it. And as soon as the line is like as dark as a control line, that's your LH was peaking and surging. There's also some way cool devices now that like the Mira tracker is basically measuring like it's same one P stick, but it's looking at your estrogen, your progesterone and your LH. So you can really track all of these hormones through your cycle. Clear blue has a digital, which tells you the flashing smiley face. Okay. Estrogen's increasing in preparation for ovulation. You're in your fertile window. And then it gives you your solid, like, okay, detecting LH in the urine. So you're most likely going to drop an egg in the next 24 to 32 hours. And then that testing of progesterone seven days later Mm -hmm. is critical. And it's something that is not done. Even I work with women who have literally like been through the ringer with fertility treatments. And I'm like, what's your cycle day 21 progesterone level? They're like, I don't know. No one's looked at that. You know, I mean, it's so important to know what your mid luteal phase progesterone Mm. level is if you're trying to conceive because it's so easy to fix, but it's very easily missed. And women just don't know that that's even going on. And then they're going month after month after month thinking they're ovulating or. (laughs) Yeah. So when you say that it's so easy to fix, does it go back to the diet and the lifestyle and the, all of that? Yes. Foundationally, the diet, the lifestyle. And then I actually am a big proponent of using bioidentical progesterone in the luteal phase. If we have confirmed with lab testing that your levels of progesterone are low, if we know that, and whether you're trying to conceive or not, I am a huge advocate of using bioidentical progesterone starting three days post-confirmed ovulation until you either start your next period. So every day until you either start your next period, or if you get to your normal cycle day length and you haven't started menstruating yet, take a pregnancy test. If you're pregnant, you stay on the progesterone through the 12 week Mm -hmm. of pregnancy when then the placenta takes over and we've got plenty. Or for some women who have been chronically consistently low in progesterone for a really long time, Once you start giving the body some external progesterone support, the body is just like soaking it up and it can delay your cycle. So Mm. it can be where you go over your cycle length, but you're testing negative for pregnancy. And so Mm. I'm always say, if you're at least 12 days post confirmed ovulation and Mm. you have a negative pregnancy test, then you can feel confident to stop the progesterone and most likely your cycle will start in a couple of days. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I think that using, I mean, progesterone, bioidentical progesterone is so safe, 
sold over the counter. That's how safe it is. You can yeah. buy it at Whole Foods. There's no really no side effects, no contraindications. So I'm yep. a big advocate of using it for PMS or right. endometriosis, not just like trying to conceive, but a lot of hormonal disorders, totally mood disorders, insomnia, anxiety, mm-hmm. like so yeah. much can be helped with progesterone. Often. Yeah. And do you recommend topical under the tongue? What do you recommend? So I usually recommend a bioidentical progesterone oil, like a bioidentical that's in an MCT oil or coconut oil mm-hmm. based, super simple yep. ingredients. I usually recommend topically in the morning on the thin mm. areas of our skin, rotating yeah. the site of delivery right. every morning, and then vaginally at night. Ah. Vaginally is best always, but I find that if you try to do vaginally in the morning, you're walking around, you're peeing, you end up like yeah. losing a lot of the oil yeah. versus if you do it at night, yeah. right before you're about to lie horizontal for eight yeah. hours, you can absorb it. Now- prescription, like bioidentical progesterone prescription that a lot of fertility doctors and gynecologists Mm. will use is a vaginal suppository that's Mm. inserted at bedtime. And that's like Prometrium is a really common brand that's used. But uh, so yeah, I love vaginal. That's definitely that's where the body is like down here in our pelvic cavity. I'm not an advocate of oral. That's not how we make hormones. You know, it's like going through the digestive tract and being broken down, etc. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of running like hormone labs, Mm -hmm. understanding your body, I want to know if there's any labs that you recommend running either for those trying to conceive or regularly during pregnancy, especially that might not be like conventional Western medicine. Yeah, totally. So my kind of standard female fertility lab tests that I recommend for everyone who's trying to conceive estradiol and progesterone. Well, okay. So I do two labs. I like day three labs and then mid luteal phase labs. So day three labs would be estradiol, FSH, prolactin. And if you haven't had your AMH levels tested, I think it's helpful. That's anti-mullerian hormone that's basically giving you an idea of sort of what like what your egg reserve is. How many mm. eggs do you kind of like still have? Because we're born with all the eggs we're ever going to have. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So crazy. And AMH is not like a make or break. A lot of women get in low AMH and they basically think it's like an end all be all. And I always yeah. say like... Egg quality is the real deal issue with a low AMH. Just because you have less eggs left in the bank, we just need to really focus on the quality of those eggs then. Right, yeah. So those are day three labs. And then mid-luteal or like day 21, but not every woman ovulates on day 14. So it's hard to say day 21, but you know, basically seven days after you've got a confirmed ovulation. Estrogen, again, this is where we add on the progesterone a full thyroid panel, TSH, free T3, free T4, thyroid antibodies, both antithyroglobulin and TPO antibodies, and then nutrients, vitamin D, vitamin B12, iron, ferritin, which is our storage form of iron. I like to run vitamin B6, folate, and zinc, because those are all important for fertility. And then also free testosterone, Total testosterone and DHEA are really important for, I missed those earlier in the hormone section. So those are my like 
big sort of female fertility labs to look at. And then during pregnancy, I always suggest pregnant women like take initiative and ask their doctor to run additional labs and just what's like in your traditional prenatal workup, because in my opinion, those are like very basic, very basic, always adding on a full thyroid panel. Like I just listed that with the T3s, T4, the antibodies, always looking at in addition to a full iron panel, like making sure they're running ferritin, that's your storage form that gets really depleted during pregnancy. And then always continuing to check vitamin D and vitamin B12 during pregnancy. And then I also really suggest an omega index or like basically looking at your omega three, omega sixes, because again, in pregnancy that gets really depleted. And those nutrients are so critical during pregnancy that we want to make sure that women are really keeping those omega three levels topped off. Yeah. Which is so crazy because I love hearing that there's a part of me that's like empowerment and I love hearing that. And then the other part of me had kids so young that I'm over here just like eating vegetarian, probably had no omega-3, like no protein, like (laughs) it's crazy. And then also I went through two pregnancies, Sarah Jane, with never a thyroid panel. Oh my gosh. And I had to, I had to force my doctor after Owen to run thyroid. He only ran TSH. I didn't know better. Mm -hmm. And neither did he, obviously. And it was 2.58. And now I'm working with functional practitioners who are like, I don't know, it needs to be like 1.3, 1.4. And he's like, it's not abnormal unless it's a 10. (laughs) I mean, I have friends all the time that like, they'll send me their labs and they're like, my doctor said everything's good. And their TSH will be like a 4.3. And I'm like, you're trying to get pregnant. And even if you weren't trying to get pregnant, this is not normal, but particularly because you're trying to get pregnant, right? Your thyroid is so important. And those, that range is so narrow, so narrow. And And they'll be like, Oh no, they're fine. I know my doctor said it's fine. Like famous last words, but I, the other part is Like I didn't realize until probably the last year that not only is TSH, like TSH controls so much, right? And it also, like your TSH is the only TSH that your baby has and it promotes growth in your child. And so it's not just us. And like, I think a lot of us think of like TSH as like weight loss or weight gain, but it's like, no, it's also literally the development of your fetus, which is so, so important. So yeah, I think it's really a, a tragedy that a full thyroid panel isn't required like the moment you get pregnant. Even on, I say a lot of women are on thyroid medication. And even Mm. then I'll have women, I'm always like, as soon as you get a positive pregnancy test, you need to go have your thyroid labs redone a full panel. Because when you go into pregnancy on thyroid medication, the need for thyroid, as you were just explaining, is so increased once we're pregnant that a lot of women really need to shift their medication in one way or another. And for sure, I have so many women that are like far down in pregnancy and they're like, oh, 
yeah, I'm on thyroid medication, but no one's checked my checked Isn't on my that thyroid. Crazy. Yeah, like, oh, no. I know. So, and especially when people like meet with an endocrinologist and that is managed, but during pregnancy it's not adjusted. It's what in the world? Who is in charge of this? Oh man. Well, that's why like becoming uh, our own advocates. Is, yes, I mean, I talk so to them important. about this all the time is do your research, do your homework, educate yourself, and then speak up and challenge your healthcare providers to take care of you properly, you know, which means like running labs and giving you the information you need about your body so that you can Mm. make the choices you need to make. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. We could talk about this for like five hours, but I want to ask you one more question. (laughs) I do feel like because the woman is the one getting pregnant when heterosexual couples, I think a lot of the weight falls on the woman in terms of fertility. And it's like your fault if we're not getting pregnant. But I want to know what is, what part do men play in this? Obviously, yeah. besides the obvious, totally. yeah. <laughs> when you're thinking of trying to conceive and what kind of lifestyle recommendations do you have for men? Like what do they need yeah. to be doing in this process? Such a good question because I think the men get very like forgotten about in this. Yes, I think so. Big time. Mm -hmm. And I say to women all the time, really like the research shows that when there's fertility issues, okay, so this is like couples that are having struggling to get pregnant for whatever reason, or maintaining a pregnancy. A third of the reason is female, a third of the reason is male. And then a third is either like the combination or like unknown factors. So men are like, equal, totally equal in in fertility issues per se. And a lot of it is quality, sperm quality. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we've seen, I don't know, I feel like it's in the news a ton yeah, about is. the declining s- sperm yes. counts because it's so significant. This isn't just like, oh, there's been like a slight decline in sperm counts. It's like a significant decline in sperm counts. Right. And the projections of like by 2034, we're all mm-hmm. going to need fertility treatments. That's not accurate. But like whatever it is, yeah. it's like insane. Yes. It's very, it's significant. It's super significant. And I think, again, my opinion and sort of my theories on that is that similar to some of the underlying root causes for women, which is we are living in a very over-estrogenized environment, estrogen and testosterone work like this. So in a man's body, when there's too much estrogen, it plummets testosterone and testosterone is a really important hormone for sperm production and the quality of sperm. Mm -hmm. So that's a biggie. And then just the exposure to chemicals and toxins just in our environment, but also just like in the food that we eat and the way that we live, sperm are highly, highly, highly delicate little fragile cells, which is why there's like a bazillion of them per ejaculation, hoping that one literally one is healthy enough and strong enough and fast enough and like has one head and one tail and can like get to the egg and fertilize you know it mother nature takes into consideration that most of them will be damaged or like you know not even be able to reach the egg and so there's a lot of factors in our current modern lifestyle Mm -hmm. food diet environment that are hugely negatively impacting sperm quality. Yeah. So my recommendations similar to women is like, get your diet, right? 
get your lifestyle right. Like really clean up your environment. Egg quality and sperm quality are hugely impacted by the, For sure. our environment, everything mm-hmm. from like what we put on our bodies, like lotions and yes. creams and uh-huh. perfumes and all sorts of things to how we clean our homes with chemicals mm-hmm. to the quality of the water that you're drinking, right. I mean, the quality of the food that you're eating, like hugely impactful to sperm quality and egg quality. And then I'm definitely an advocate for nutraceuticals and supplements. I think there's like really, you know, the great thing about sperm is that their life cycle is pretty short. It's like 60 days. So pretty quickly you can like regenerate or improve sperm health. Nutrients like zinc, vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin D, these like potent antioxidants, N-acetylcysteine, omega-3 fatty acids, these can go L-carnitine. These can go so far in restoring poor sperm quality, honestly. Mm. So I think, again, it's like setting that foundation with the food and the lifestyle, but specific supplements can do wonders for sperm quality for men who like have really crappy sperm quality. And is there a way to know? Yeah. Get a semen analysis. That's also, oh. so we were talking about the female fertility lab tests in the same yeah. breath when I'm same working breath. with clients, I'm like, here's your labs. And then here's mm. your partner or your male partner's labs, which include some of those same hormones, estrogen, yeah. progesterone, testosterone, thyroid. Cause again, those vitamin D, those all play a role in sperm. So I always want to get Mm. men their blood work, but a semen analysis, it's so easy. And I can't tell you how many clients I work with who've been trying to get pregnant for five, six years. And their husband has never had a semen analysis because it's just not even looked at as important. So getting a semen analysis can give us so much information. And again, now we've got some data to work with and we can see like, okay, is it a motility problem? Like the shape of them or morphology? Is it a count issue? What exactly are we dealing with? And then Mm. therefore we can take some like really specific efforts to intervene and get things right. Crazy. So even if it's a motility issue, are there like holistic practices to specifically address that issue? Well, I would say there's specific nutrients, like specific for motility versus, so motility is their swimming morphology for people who don't know is like their shape of them. So there's specific nutrients that have like more of effect on motility versus morphology. Yeah. But I would say like in terms of best practices for Mm, for ideal sperm quality is kind of all encompassing, which is like clean up your environment, clean up your food, get out of tight boxer shorts, bike shorts, like the sperm, the testicles hang out from the body for a reason. Like they don't want those little, that's where the sperm is like manufactured and we don't want them like hot and (laughs) kind of like burned up in there. And then stop smoking, like stop doing activities that are creating a lot of inflammation in the body, i.e., Smoking, heavy drinking, lack of exercise, lack of sleep, too mm. much stress. It's yeah. the same thing for women. It truly right. is. I just think yeah. that it, for whatever reason, it's become just sort of like accepted that mm. when there's a fertility, when couples aren't getting pregnant, it's definitely something going on with the woman where truly like the research is very clear that it is pretty much split even even. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like that gives me a sigh of relief for the women out there listening to this podcast. Like it's not all on us. It is takes two to tango. (laughs) It's like equally important. Okay. I would love to hear about your course, The Fertility Code. So people can either work with you individually Mm -hmm. or you have a course, The Fertility Code. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, great. So the Fertility Code course, the 12-week on-demand self-paced fertility course, there's 12 modules. So the idea is one module a week. I cover everything from the foods to eat, the foods not to eat, how to optimize adrenal health, thyroid health, gut health, hormones one-on-one, learn your cycle, learn how to track Mm. ovulation, mind body therapies that are advantageous to fertility, acupuncture, meditation, massage, how to clean up your environment, how to exercise correctly for fertility. Like it's truly Mm. a holistic view of how can we optimize and increase fertility so that you can get pregnant and stay pregnant. So I, so that's, yes, you can work with me. I offer one-on-one consultations for women who, and couples who want more personalized, like Mm. hand-holding guidance. Yeah. And then the fertility code is like insanely comprehensive. Yeah. But at a price point that's super affordable, that can be done completely on your own. It's all online. I do have add-ons like the hormone testing that I Mm. talked about earlier. You can add on -on one-on-ones with me, but I just wanted What I found is that, you know, there's a lot of women and couples that can't afford to work with me every week, one-on-one. And I wanted to offer a way in which I could deliver the same information that women get by working with me one-on-one week after week after week, but in a way that's actually realistic and doable and they can do it at their time. It's all audios and written and video and it works. Like I have to say, um, how many babies have you helped come into the world? So many. (laughs) I mean, I've been doing this for a little over 15 years and I would say truly over 90% of the women and couples that I work with get pregnant. Like it's, and again, a lot of couples that I'm working with are maybe also doing an IUI or an IVF or, Mm. but you know, truly I often look back and will say like, there's not that many clients that I've worked with that Mm. truly could not get pregnant. Maybe some take longer. Some get pregnant in four months. Some, maybe it takes us two years of working together, but Mm. it's really rare. Mm. And I think, and again, I'm not doing anything crazy. Like it's it's really basics, (laughs) it's truly basics, but it's basics that are just are not being talked about. And it's like truly fertility and having a baby is more about just like the numbers on the lab, et cetera. It's like truly restoring the fertility of our bodies, like in an all encompassing way. Which is healing. And I, and I love this conversation because just to like put a pin in it at the end, it's like all of these things are also just like generally so life-giving, so good for your life. So many great new skills to learn, new habits to put into place. Like these are all also like the foundations of my health coaching. Like, you know, it's like, it's just the basics of living a healthy life. And so hopefully not only are you helping people get a baby if that's what they want, but additionally, they're just also living healthier lives that will bless them for years to come. So that's so great. Amazing. So let me ask you the final question I ask everybody. So at the end of your life, when you're looking back, what will a successful life look like to you? 
contentment, like me feeling Mm. a true embodied sense of contentment, that right there, like that feeling, I will have known that like everything that fired in my life and all that I did and all that I didn't do and all that I wish I could have changed or that like a real sense of content. I think it's a feeling more than like a this and this. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for being here today, Sarah Jane. Can't wait to chat with you again. Lovely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Sarah Jane, for being on the show today. You are a wealth of knowledge and we are so lucky to chat with you. Listeners, if you are interested in getting some conception help from Sarah Jane, please go to her website, sarahjanesandy.com to work with her one-on-one. There you can also find her amazing course, The Fertility Code. I keep telling her to raise her prices because it is so low. So that's a really great affordable option if you cannot do the one-on-one coaching. It has so much that you need and you can always add on some labs, hormone testing, one-on-one calls from there. Everything you need is on her website, sarahjanesandy.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at sarahjanesandy. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.